Good evening, everyone. I wanted to speak a little um, today about um, Charlotte Joko's Beck new book, Ordinary Wonder. Um, I think most of you know, but um, some new people may not, that Charlotte Joko Beck was my um, Dharma teacher for many, many years. And um, I've received permission um, to teach through her um, many years ago now. Last week I was talking about um, Dogen Zenji, who was one of the main founders of Soto Zen in Japan and uh, had a a very, very big influence on the um, type of Zen training that we do now. And the name of his book was, uh, of the book about him was um, Dogen Mystical Realist. And the name of Joko's book is Ordinary Wonder. Uh, And it's got a parallel with um, um, mystical realism. The realism being the ordinary everyday of life. And yet um, there's something wonderful about it. One of the things that Dogen said over and over again is that existence is Buddha nature. Um, What that means in very simple terms is that everything is okay the way it is. Buddha nature implies something wonderful, um, something that has an essential goodness to it. And so existence, all existence is Buddha nature. Nothing is left out. And Dogen emphasised the importance of um, lots and lots of um, effort going into Zazen, into Zen meditation. So one aspect he emphasised the great effort that's involved in practice and also looking at it from another perspective it takes no effort at all because there's nothing to achieve. And as our practice goes along, it begins with a lot of great effort, but as it goes along, it kind of we experience more the sense of no effort in just being present. There's a natural um, oneness with the moment that it that develops. And Dogen also emphasised the importance of... Um, of kindness towards other people, you know, and not doing harm. And you see all of the same characteristics, which is the essence of Zen training, coming through Joko's teaching and through this last book as well as her previous books. But the good thing about Zen, I believe, as a as a practice, as a religion, as a as a spiritual entity, I think what's wonderful about it and what keeps it alive is the ability for it to be adapted to different circumstances and different life and times. And the Zen of Dogen Zen in the 12th century would not fit today, even though it's got to be adapted. And I think Joko did a great job of not not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. She kept the essence of the practice going very clearly um, and yet she found a way of actually expressing it to 20th, 21st century Australians and Americans and other people 
in a way that we could understand it and apply it in her life. That was one of her great gifts. So if you read the book, um, you're probably not going to find, if you're looking for something new in it, you're probably not going to find something new in it. Um, it's another way of saying things that she said before in her previous talks, and you've probably heard me follow the same themes as through. So don't, don't read it looking for something new, but something that perhaps resonates with you um, and deepens your practice. Basically, what she's saying, um, this is a very brief summary of the book, but um, like I said during Sarsen, the key to practice is to fully experience whatever it is you're experiencing. And what I added on to that is that that applies to every experience in your life, like nothing omitted. There's the pleasant, there's the unpleasant, there's the painful, there's the awkward, there's the embarrassing, there's the neutral and boring. Experience everything completely. That's the nature of practice. She also goes into talking a little bit more about the core belief and um, what she's saying, she's not the first person to have said this, but a human being in the womb, it's just everything is taken care of. They're safe, they're warm, they don't have to worry about feeding themselves. You're just sort of cocooned in there. And then you come out into the outside world and you're a, a separate body and you, you've, got a, you've got a fight for, for life. You know, you've got to cry to let you let your carekeepers know that you're um, distressed about something and when you want to be fed, do you know, or when you're in pain, do you know, or when you feel abandoned or whatever it might be. And I guess depending on what kind of care we get early in our life, we all create some kind of sense of separateness that comes out and it often comes out as some sense of not being good enough or not being worthy enough, you know, blaming ourselves for our struggle. And that we carry that core belief at some level, all human beings, just about carrying that core belief through our life. She uses the um, good analogy that that core belief is like the hub of the wheel and then there's all the spokes going out, you know, from the wheel. And so the, the, the hub is the core belief, like the self-centred dream and the sense that something's not right. And all the spokes going out are our different strategies that we develop through our life as a way of trying to cope with that, that sort of, uh, that, that, that sense underneath that things aren't okay with us. And our different strategies are being a people pleaser, being a perfectionist, trying to be the best at everything, trying to intellectually work everything out, um, trying to be in control of everything, trying to be an entertainer, whatever it might be. We develop those strategies as a way of trying to cope with this underlying feeling that everything's not okay with us. And some people, of course, it's a common one in our culture these days, um, I'll just try and prove that I'm better than everyone else. You know, as a way of coping with that. It's a very common one today. I'm a winner. Everything I do. And so, Joko's style, as you probably understood, 
through me talking about her and reading her books, it's kind of like a what comes through is this very honest, down-to-earth, no-nonsense style of trying to get this message across. Um, and it's not fluffed up with a lot of New Age or pop psychology statements of, you know, of, um, you know, you've got to love yourself, those kind of things. Sure, that's in there. But the core message is you've got to be really directly, honestly engaged with your experience as it is now. Mm. So this, this self-honest gaze into experience is really at the essence of a lot of, a lot of Joko's teaching to really look into it. And that when you have awkward moments and you feel out of control, you know, or you're not feeling worthy, when things aren't going right in your life, these are the times when practice really needs to be engaged because that's the stuff we want to run away from. But as she said, if you fully experience these unpleasant, painful kind of emotional experiences without adding a story onto them, just go into the very visceral body essence of it and stay with it, that something transforms, uh, which is what basic Buddhism is about, about basic Zen practice is about. If you go into it, you go into that sense of unworthiness or things aren't quite right and you stay there with it, what happens eventually is it doesn't get worse and worse and worse if you're not adding a story onto it, it just seems to lighten. Right? and it starts to dissolve. And that's where there's a dissolving of the separate self, the self-centred dream. You know, you, you're waking up from it because you realise it was just a dream in the first place. And like Joko, like other Dharma teachers, is saying you, you engage with that suffering and look into it honestly all the time, be willing to be present to it, and your life becomes joyful or becomes more joyful. You know, the, the, things are lighter, the kind of the burden is lifted. Mm-hmm. I often like to think of in, enlightenment, the word enlightenment is not that the light has gone on where things were dark, but you're enlightened as in things aren't as heavy anymore. Right? You, you're lighter in terms of weight. You're much more weightless rather than bogged down you know, with the heaviness of um, being a separate self. And uh, that's the essence of what her book is about. I would encourage you to read it. Again, I said you're, you're not, you're not going to find anything new in it probably. But it, what's, what's different about it from a lot of books I read where mindfulness has been applied to psychological issues like depression and anxiety and personality disorders and addictions and so on. It's speaking to identified psychiatric categories, right, the more extreme things. When you read Joko's book, it just seems to be speaking to just plain, ordinary, everyday dukkha. Right, that all, all human beings experience, not, not the extremes of mental illness, but just the struggles that we all go through, through um, having experiences of resentment, bitterness, 
um, having difficulty forgiving, um, all those kind of things that we struggle with. Hasn't got a, a psychiatric label to it. It's just the plain dukkha that we all go through. Um, and at the end of the book, her daughter, Brenda, who edited the book, said more towards the end of her life, um, Joshua just kept saying to her and people around her, you're fine. That was her message towards the end. You're just fine. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Life's not a problem. But it takes a lot of effort and, and, and practice to come to that realisation for yourself.